My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Mm-hmm. But it's an empty You know, I'm just kind of reflecting. I just had a call with the resistance chicks a few minutes ago, and um, I'm just kind of reflecting on the previous hour's show because it's it, the discussion was specifically about James O'Keefe, and the challenge that I think everybody's having, and we're going to kind of talk a little bit about this, is change. And unfortunately, we look too often at the change of things as in our hand and not the change in terms of God's change. And because of that, we get pretty wrapped up in the wrong points. And then we start to get into the personalities, the emotions. I like this person. I don't like that person. 
And the real interesting thing to me is what happens if we literally trust in God? And I think we end up at a very different place. And I, I want to dig into that here in just a few minutes. Before we get going, the one thing that I just need to emphasize is we are in a pretty crazy time right now. And that crazy time is leading us to, to have to make some definite preparations for our homes. It's not easy, but we don't, we don't have an obligation to become victims. And that's where doing, working with your firearms, having firearm safety, doing it in a safe and an effective manner, that's where iTarget Pro comes in. Patriots, right now, many Americans are feeling powerless. The economy isn't stable, crime continues to plague our communities, and those in charge don't seem to even care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself, and that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you still have a ton of practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223, so that you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com right now. Again, 10% using your promo code BARDS, plus free shipping when you go to itargetpro.com. Don't rely on the government to make you feel safe. Empower yourself with iTarget Pro. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Offer code is BARDS. We've got a lot of pain in the world right now. And there's a lot of shaking up. We're going to get into some stuff from Lahaina here in just a minute. We've got fires in other parts of the world. Which I watched this video today of a young man just in tears as he watched his house burn down. And he has no idea where he's going to go. And, you know, we can blame this on a lot of things. And unfortunately, the only solution that we're not doing well at is coming together as a community and staying together as a community. Because the governments aren't going to fix it. And... We're not going to get past this until we come in this together. Now, last hour we had the interview with Hannah Giles, who I have a lot of respect for. I have a lot of very big hopes for in Project Veritas. I read a lot of the comments. There's a lot of comments like, you know, we'll give her a chance. We'll give her an opportunity. And, I, and I'm, I'm reflecting on this, and I, I want to put this in a visual picture for you to think about. James O'Keefe's, I'm not going to make a judgment on James O'Keefe. I want to make an observation on something. I've never been a fan of James O'Keefe. I want to be very simple about this. And it's not the content of what he did. I don't like his showboating, and I don't like that representation of personality out there. And a lot of people get attracted to that. And I had this conversation today because I find it very interesting. <clears throat> I don't need proof, for example, for someone to tell me that Pence is, Mike Pence, is probably a pedophile. 
I don't need someone to show me proof. I can see it in his eyes and I can see it in his mannerisms of how fake he is. And someone can say, well, that's judging. Well, okay, except that you probably haven't spent the number of hours I have with the warlords that were one trying to keep yourself alive and keep yourself safe. And so I, I rely a lot on my gut, a lot what I see in the eyes, what I see in behavior and mannerisms. And I'm not one that likes showboating. I'm just, I'm just not who I am. So that up front, just so you understand, I've never been a big fan of James O'Keefe. It doesn't mean I'm judging all of Project Veritas. All I see as him was a, was a personality for an organization that was doing the real hard work. Because most of the people at that organization don't get credit. So when I look at, this last hour, and I'm, I'm just observing conversations that are happening, and people obviously are attached to O'Keefe. I've talked to some today that are really attached to O'Keefe. So I bring up this conversation here. It's like, all right, so we're looking at news articles that are coming out now that are saying that he's under investigation, or people like, well, I need to prove, see if that's true. It's like, okay, I get that. We don't have any trust in media anyway. So we should question everything, and I fully agree with that. The release statement of when he left, we didn't get much. But the only person that said what the problem was was James O'Keefe. And what he said was that it was Pfizer that had taken over or influenced Project Veritas. And that's a big statement to make, especially if you're wrong, which he was. And that speaks a lot to credibility. But I want to point out something else that's much more obvious. And I just want to leave this here as we move through this this evening about the perspective of change. There's a board of directors that sits around a nonprofit that is strapped right now with millions of dollars of debt from legal fees that are incurred by a CEO that is no longer there. Just let that sink in a minute. You create the problem. You spend all your money. You're doing it, and you've incurred legal fees, which you've now left for other people to clean up your mess. So if, if you're one of those that thinks that that's okay because a CEO's job is to do whatever and, just, and the organization has to cover you, okay, that's you. That's not me. It's not the way I walk. Second part of that is I look at OMG, which is his new brand, and I kind of shake my head because I don't even like the idea of using that as a, as a brand. And I also look at all the flashy stuff that he likes to do normally, sexy women and all this other stuff around him. And then I pivot over here and I say, okay, who did the board of directors choose to replace him? And isn't it interesting? In a time when we're looking for leadership to be anchored in God, that the peop a person of all the people in the world that they could have chose is a Christian, grown up with a, in a Christian family, whose parents accepted Jesus, whose father is a pastor. She's a mother. She keeps herself massively in shape because she's a black belt in jujitsu, and she homeschools her kids and still runs Project Veritas as the CEO, and she's married and happily married. I'm just saying. And the reason I bring this up is sometimes we have to take a step back and look at this world a little differently and say, wow, did God just make that change? Or are we, are we looking at this the wrong way? Because I guarantee you, if I sit down with a group of people and I didn't tell you, and I, 
who he, who the person was, and I talked about a guy that likes to drive around in fancy cars, and he likes women in short skirts, and that's his props. And on the other hand, I have a mother as a homeschooler who's a Christian, who has strong faith, whose father is a pastor, who's been asked to lead a corporation. I would be willing to bet almost everybody in Bars Nation would say, well, take that mother. I took the name out, though, of who they were. So I'm leaving that for people to really reflect on because I think this is a very important point that we have been praying a lot about having change made. And the fact is that we've asked for people like Mike Lindell who have Christ in their heart. You don't have to like Mike Lindell or not. He walks with Jesus. He lives his walk. And here we get one, and it's right before us, and there's so much wrap around the axle about James O'Keefe. That, by definition, by the way, folks, is idolatry. I tend not to get a wrapped around my axle on anybody that leads a company, other than the fact that I can have opinions on certain people, like I don't like certain personality profiles, and I'm more comfortable with others. But just something to watch. And I think we all have to be careful of it because in this time right now, there's a lot of changes happening. And if we aren't keeping this in balance with what we're, what the bigger picture is and looking deeper into what it is, we're going to miss what God's doing. So do I believe that God put Hannah Giles in that place? I'm not going to speak for God, but it sure is amazing to watch that we just now have a CEO of one of the most important informational assets we have in this fight that's a Christian, a mother, a homeschooler, happily married, and whose father's a pastor. Just saying. Maybe that's just a crazy coincidence. Things like that just happen all the time, right? Lahaina has been a heavy topic this week. And um, it's been a... I've felt it a lot. In fact, tonight and kind of Friday night, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling it. It's been a a week of really watching this warfare break out into the open and to try to dissect something that is obviously criminal, to try to understand the limits of what this criminality is capable of doing from the technology side, and at the same time having to balance that with the people in Lahaina that are literally wanting to be left alone and just want to kind of pull their lives together and get things back together. But unfortunately... This problem isn't going away, and what they can, these elites continue to expect is that we will just kind of turn our back and walk away when they continue to be the demons that they are. Let me play this piece for you. Someone please debunk me. You can actually evict the Maui wildfire survivors? Like, tell me you're joking. Do not give up Maui. Do not let them take your land. I just saw this morning, just now on TikTok, they are giving eviction notices to people whose houses didn't burn down. 
no fucking way. Like, I wasn't in the conspiracy camp where, like, space lasers caused the Hawaiian wildfires on purpose, but I sure as shit knew BlackRock, Vanguard, and other bankers weren't gonna give up a fire sale, so, like, before I freak out and, like, start sharpening the guillotines, like, maybe this is just a one-off, right? This Lahaina shit is insane. I have a friend who lost his home. He lost everything, but this isn't for him. This is somebody else by him. They didn't lose their home, but they're about to because the mayor is evicting the entire fucking building. Some of the only people that still had homes and they're evicting them. They have 45 days. Pause to read. I, I wish I didn't fucking pause to read. You mean to tell me that if the sus wildfire didn't make me homeless, the government is now going to even though I had a home to go back to? And like, does the excuse even make sense to anyone? It's like you have no press release on how you're gonna rehabilitate the area, but you will hand me an eviction notice and tell me I have 45 days to get out, but like, I'll get my deposit back. Uh, just don't be late on rent. Like, you haven't even talked to FEMA on how you're gonna rehouse everybody that is actually homeless. Like, we're supposed to believe you now? These are the last people on this island in this little area that have a home still and they're kicking them out of it. I hope this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Let me make sure I understand everything about this godforsaken timeline so I'm not overreacting. You mean to tell me that a sus wildfire wiped out all the homes of all the locals living in an area that's coincidentally the most valuable in all of Maui, and the insurance companies won't cover the majority of the damages, but also coincidentally, all the rich bankers and real estate developers are willing to buy the land for cheap, like they won't give you full price because the building's missing, but they'll give you more than what it's worth now. And, and like, this is this is all legal like this shit this shit's okay like it like if i just blow all my money on like guillotines and like kevlar and rounds like am i is this like i, I don't know like it, hey conservatives this is your fucking time to shine second amendment tell us what it's for man i don't fucking know am i overreacting am i overreacting S somebody please debunk me like this cannot be legal this side note, if somebody has a 501c in Lahaina ready to go, like, I'll tell you exactly what to fucking do to fight fire with fire. Like, like, don't give some stupid random ass Asian TikTok or anything. Just, I fucking, I can't, fucking, they can't, how is this possible? We call that the great awakening when the liberals get caught with truth before them. And obviously by the language, don't have a root in a, a relationship with God, but I'll give him the latitude for the truth. We are dealing with an unconscionable evil, and it is an evil that is running roughshod over the people because so many, like this individual, just can't process the fact that there is evil. And at the same time, God is moving his warriors into place right now. There's a lot of great things happening, but we have to have eyes to see it, and we have to take the time to recognize it and be thankful for it. And that's why I started out with a story about Project Veritas. Like I said, maybe that's just a coincidence. But at the same time frame that we are dealing with evil people evicting people that have gone through fire damage from their homes, we are seeing some movements in big places, big influential places of putting warriors who believe in God, who walk with God, in in position. A spiritual war is in full-blown <laughs> fight right now. And these people, however they did that f fire in Lahaina and other areas on the island, they're not done. And they're still moving. And they're using the apparatuses of the legal engine to take that property back. 
They're going to drag this out, wear people down, financially break them, emotionally run them to the ground until finally they give in and they get what they want. And then what? Then what? We're going to sit back and go, oh, Lord, please fix it for us. I don't know how I'd be sitting if I was in heaven right now. I'd be asking my scratch of my head going, what's wrong with these people? I mean, do you not see evil when, you, when it's there? Do you not understand that there's still a thousand people missing? How come the media is not highlighting it? They love the way they do this. There's a thousand people missing. How many children are missing? That's what I want to know. Nobody's saying it. Because locals have a hard time just putting their lives back together. The people that should be doing the hard work, which would be the legacy media, which we know is corrupt, and it's owned by the CIA, they're not looking into any of this. All we hear is, oh, there's, there's still a thousand people missing, but they keep finding some. I mean, what is that going to be, like some rabbit out of the hat? And I think people really get caught, and I'm not accusing anybody here, but like this guy you just heard, I mean, he's, he's now suddenly processing, wait, this doesn't make sense, this isn't legal. And it's like, it is legal in this war because they don't run by the same rules we do. And so when we're talking about the damage of the fire, these are massive things. There's a no-fly zone now over the top of Maui. They can't even get footage out. There's hardly any reports coming out of Maui today. They're locking down on this thing so hard. And let's just take that other side of the coin, which would be kind of like the Q warriors. It would be something like, trust the plan. The White Hats are in control. I'm just curious. Do the White Hats have the ability to deal with dead, dead dry bones and raise the dead? Because unless they do... There's a whole bunch of dead people over there that are charred and gone. And no matter how many ways you dice this one, it's a criminal event. And the way they love to do it is to always make it sound like an accident. That's global warming. I'm really still looking for that moment in time where the wind starts a fire. I haven't met it yet. I'm still looking for the wind that'll spark something to a fire. I'm looking for the heat and the wind combined that will cause a spontaneous combustion across prairie lands and to burn an entire city down. I haven't seen it yet, but if you see it, let me know. But this is truly a criminal event. And what's at the core of this, like always, which shouldn't surprise anybody, is the children. Because every single thing that they do always is, takes us back to the children and their need to sacrifice and destroy. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, and we know it. Children are being malnourished in school right now. The food programs are being slowly degraded. This government has no money. They have Obama asking you to donate to FEMA, which is illegal anyway. But anyway, I'd love to know who did that one. I'm sure somebody out there was scribbling a check like, oh, I got to help Hawaii. I'm going to send a check to FEMA. <laughs> I, we, we are dealing with a level of, of cognitive dissonance in this nation that is stunning to me. And we, right now, as we walk with Christ, we have got to keep our eyes on him. And when I say this, why this is so important, and I, I, this story that I'm going to share, we all know, but it's a story that was shared to me now, like twice has been given to me out of the blue. And I'm, I'm 
bringing it up because if it's been shown to me twice, I figure God wants me to share it anyway or remind it to me twice. I asked a question last night or, or yesterday or something, sometime this week. And my question was this, do you believe, and I, I asked it honestly, to ask yourself the honest question, do you believe that we could heal a land in prayer? And I'm not judging if you don't, but I do. That's what I was sharing with you. Because if we can heal somebody of cancer, why can't we heal a land that's been burned? What's the difference? Why can't we? Why can't we raise up trees to be big and full grown? Why can't we see full forest regenerate? Why can't we see grass pull out of the ground and water begin to flow out of the mountains? Why can't we? There should be no reason because we have the authorities to do it. The only question is, do we believe? And here's the story, and we know the story. Jesus was walking across the water. It was a stormy lake. And Peter saw Jesus, and Jesus told him to come to me. And Peter walked out, and he too walked on water. He too walked on water until he looked down and took his eyes off Christ, and then he fell into the water. See, the point is we can do anything and everything through him. And there's a pretty heavy weight on the world right now. It's a big one. This, this echo, and I, I'm, I'm, I can just say that I'm in prayer this week, it's been heavy. And to me, the way that I feel it, it's this echo and this resonance of the people that were lost in that fire. Just shockwave across the spiritual realm. And it's, it's heavy. And there were many people lost. The reports that I saw yesterday from a coroner, he's asking questions, which are legitimate questions. How is it that all they're finding is bones? There's no flesh. Everything has been burned off. Do you realize the heat that that takes? Do you realize the intensity of the flame and the duration of fire that that takes to completely wipe everything out? It means that everything around you, if you're in a car or if you are in a, a, uh, a building, that would mean everything it's, has to completely burn and you have to, nothing in your body is going to re retain. That doesn't even sound normal to me. It sounds a whole bunch like a frequency issue, but spontaneous combustion or something. This is pretty horrific. And that's where on the outside of this, we have to stay vigilant and not forget. Now, if we could, if we were really able and committed to it and we were able to heal a land, wouldn't that be amazing? What would that look like? You imagine like right now if we prayed and prayed on it and suddenly the next morning we wake up and Lahaina's healed and people's homes, right? They're able to go back and build their homes even, say not even their homes are restored. We just take the land is healed. It'd be pretty amazing. It'd become a miracle spot of the world. It would take the breath away of, to keep the elites at bay. I mean, I don't see why we can't. I guess that's the whole issue. I always tell myself we can. But I think in the world that we're in, 
we, we're pretty easily distracted and we like to tell ourselves a lot that we can't. And that's again back to Peter. Keep our eyes on Christ and all things through him. And I think that lesson is one we really have to stay focused on right now because there's so many things going this way or that. And it is pulling our attention off, but it, our attention doesn't have to be drawn off of him. If we're walking down this path with our eyes on Christ and there's a Lahaina fire and there's fires up in Vancouver and there's fires in Newport, down Newport Beach, and we've got a Cat, Cat 4 hurricane rolling in on California and we've got tornadoes in the Midwest and we all of these things, why can't we simply be focused on Christ and be dealing with all of them systematically one at a time like we do prayer every Sunday? or every Saturday morning. We should be able to. But I think we tend to be disciplined in the wrong way. We've been well conditioned to chase the rabbit, and we start running around, and we go down this alley and up that one. And I'm not going to take away from the importance of news, but at the end of the day, our prayer and our focus is probably the singularly most important thing we could possibly do. We've had two reports of deaths this week, pretty heavy. And I'm happy to pray for consequence, but sadly, no one was there to pray for raising the dead. And the question is, that is that something you believe? I don't know if you do. I'm just asking you for to reflect on. It's rhetorical, but to take it to prayer. Do you believe in raising the dead? Because I do. And so the dead is, comes in many forms. Is there a physical part? Yes. Is there a spiritual raising of the dead? Absolutely. But we have to believe, and we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. And if we can do greater works than he, what's the limit of that? Our enemy right now is maneuvering well. If we were in the ring, our enemy is doing a Cassius Clay movie. It's moving around. We're getting hit with the rope-a-dope. We're getting bounced off the ring side. Once in a while, we get a, like a Sugar Ray Leonard fl flurry that just beats and pummels the heck out of us. And we're trying to be Rocky Marciano in here in the ring and just keep our defenses up. And just we're, we're, our philosophy, if you don't know who Rocky Marciano was, his whole philosophy was he could take an unbelievable level of blows, one after the other after the other, round after round after round, to wear his opponent down. He was brutally beaten up. And then finally, he would counterpunch and knock his opponent out until that didn't work. But that's what he did. And we're not, we're doing that. We're taking the blows, but instead of having the confidence that we can counterpunch, a lot of what we're doing is we're taking the blows and then we're saying, oh Lord, please, please fix it for me. When is this going to end? When are you going to take me away? When are we going to get out of here? This is our home. And until that last second when God pulls the trigger and says no more, still it is to be heaven on earth. It is our home. The intention is even if we go, we come back. And when we look at the tools that we have out here and the frustrations that are percolating up and people feeling that they're disempowered and not knowing what to do and pulling their hair out, people afraid to make wakes because, well, I want to be cautious here. By the way, we got a note the other night we read from Maui. It's from Oahu from one of our listeners, and I appreciate it. 
But I just, I noted something in there that red flagged me and I'm going to bring it up. And it's not a criticism. It's something that people aren't paying attention to. The comment was that the mayor is very well loved by those on Maui. They love him because he's a native Hawaiian. But the other comment was that he had been in a bunker. Why was that? Why did he get evacuated and no one else did? See, those are the little things that we brush over that if we don't pay attention to, we get caught in their lie and we accept them when we need to be questioning them. And we really need to be pressing it on this. Who signed these eviction notices, by the way? It was the mayor. So a mayor got evacuated to be put into a bunker to now be returned back to the people after he got out of the bunker and it was all clear and safe to be go down on the beach and now evict people in the name of whatever with notices that he's signing, the mayor that they all love. Our truth is going to come when I put our eyes on Christ. And we are going to have to be able to accept that there's going to be many things that are going to be unraveling that are going to tear apart the fabric of what we believe and what we trusted in. This morning, I watched, and it's a documentary, with, and there's a book that goes with it. I'm just saying, you can take this for what it's worth. But it's funny, because last night I was talking to a friend, and I, he said something about a, a band that I like. He goes, I'm going to I'm going to disappoint you because there's a, I'm going to show you a band and the this lead singer is dressed in drag as a transgender. And I'm like, no, nothing surprises me anymore. And I made this exact comment. I said, if I woke up tomorrow and I found out Ronald Reagan was gay, I would just roll my shoulders and go, okay. So here we go. Another one bites the dust. This morning I woke up to a video to a message from a friend that said, check this out. It's a documentary that's come out that links Bush and Reagan and Clinton and Obama as pedophiles. Is it true? I don't know. Am I shocked? Not at one. Not even a little bit. I'm like, okay, here we go. Why? Because I'm not going to put my weight in the institutions of these men, and I, nothing is beyond what goes on in these towers of power. I think the one person, if you've ever listened to his music, he's crass. But if anybody ever got this right, it was Frank Zappa. He understood how screwed up things were. And how absolutely upside down the world was and how people accepted that reality. George Carlson, Carlin, George Carlin was another one. He got it too. Two guys, different guys, got the same picture of just how upside down we were as a public and as a people. And I'm bumping into so many strange things lately. That's strange, but consistently. That it's kind of telling you how much this matrix is beginning to unravel. There's a huge surge right now in Christian education. Massive. And then you get the counterswing. It's like, boy, I sure hope that these that this, these kids that come out of these Christian schools aren't dumb and stupid like the ones I've known before because they can't think past this or that. And, and in a certain sense, I'm speaking from experience, there's some truth to that comment. And that's because of the way everybody's kind of channeled in and they don't 
go beyond A or B. And if it doesn't fit exactly within that realm, they don't question, they'd obey. And that's what happens too much in our churches. You're not encouraged in a church to question, to ask God questions. You're told to obey. But blind obedience without having a discussion and knowing Father is just, it is, it's a cult. It's not a religion. It's worse. And that's why I even say I'm not even, I, I hesitate to even use the term I'm a Christian these days. I am a follower of Jesus. And I look at how he walked and how he interacted. There's no question where his faith was. There's no question that that man was mighty, and there's no question he had a heart of deep compassion. He had incredible love, but he had a ferocity that you don't ever want to stir up. And it wasn't peace at any cost. I, I, I always look at this, and we, we hear this thing, it's like, I'm not worthy, I'm a worthless sinner. This is one of the great things that comes out. Where in the New Testament... I, I would challenge anybody to show me where Jesus said to people, you are worthless and unworthy. I'm curious where that is because I haven't found it. And yet that's become one of the standard protocol dialogues of our churches. And it's wrong. I don't care how many ways you cut it. God does not sacrifice his son for worthless or worthy, worthless people. But this institution of a control that we're under plays that card. Just go back to Lahaina. Oprah Winfrey and Jeff Bezos and whoever else is out there. You all are like, uh, you plebes out there, you, you, you servants, you peasants. I'll bring you some pillows and I'll think about giving you a large donation when I discover how they're going to rebuild Lahaina and I decide if I... The unspoken part of that is if it goes the way I intended and want it to go, then I'll naturally give a nice donation. Otherwise, don't bother me because my estate was not touched by the fire the same way it wasn't touched in the Southern California fires. And I'm simply waiting for you peasants to get your garbage off my, my lands that I'm soon to own. Why? Because people say I'm not worthy. The not worthy peace is deep in people's hearts. And as a narrative, as a culture, we accept it pretty easily. I look at my cows. There's not one place in there that they say they're not worthy. We've had the one cow that's been lame. She's getting better, but she's been lame. And I watch how that, I've watched that dynamic. I find it very interesting. The main herd moves on for the part of the day. Somewhere along the way, a couple cows come up and check on her and hang out with her for a while to give her some company. And then the, if she can't join them, then the herd goes down. She's content. She's doing what she needs to do. She's taking care of herself, limiting her mobility, making sure that her, she's, she's carrying a, a calf. She's making sure that she can come to term. That's her mission. That's her mission. Animals are pretty amazing. They, they understand where they sit in life. They come to the defense of one another. They protect their young. They seek to survive. How many people have I heard from uh, stories about this week that are things like, I'm at the end of my rope. I think I'm going to kill myself. What in the heck is that? This is like the greatest time in ever to live. The challenges before us are immense and we're overcoming. 
Where does that come from? We know where it comes from. It comes from the darkness and demons that settle into people's hearts. But because they're open, they're vulnerable, they're not anchored firmly in that rock of Christ, in faith with the beauty in Christ. And as we, as we sit and watch this, but how does a human being, even in its basic sense, does the animal that we know commit suicide? Does it seek to commit suicide? Is it wandering around? Does the cow that I have is lame, trying to figure a way to rub her neck across the bob wire to cut her veins and drain her blood out? No, she doesn't do that. And that's the puzzlement is the, that cow doesn't know Jesus. So why is it that we are so inclined to always find the darkness? Darkness is what happened in Lahaina in the sense of the children and the people being burned to death. That's dark. But we have to pray into that, break that curse and set that curse free, break the chains of whatever they're trying to do. That's a heaviness, and I get that. But then it's just like it ripples across the world. People always trying to escape. I watched a video today, something truly incredibly bizarre that I think I can explain, but this pulsing, beating music in a concert. And it's you watch this mass sea of people in front of the stage, and it's literally, not exaggerating, like someone took a giant bowling ball and just rolled it through the crowd because the entire crowd got blown over literally knocked off their feet. There's like 10 different camera angles on this from people's cell phones. And everyone is the same thing. They're literally getting physically knocked over by this wave of energy. And you're like, what is this? Well, probably some big butt demon just probably came through a portal you created with the frequency and vibrations of your music and is making itself known. This is real, what we're in. But the other question is, what's driving people to always want to escape the realities that we have? Walk in the woods, pay attention to trees, set up a tent, let, hear, the, hear the songs of the night, sit on a porch and watch the stars, walk in the sunlight, feel re-energized, take your shoes off, feel the earth. Work in the garden and see the bounty that God gives us. Work with cattle and see the miracle piece of the, the food that we're given through the animals we steward. Labor with your hands to discover the beauty of things that we can create. And the more that we practice, the more beautiful they become. Feel the sweat roll off your brow, the dirt fall on your back of your neck. These things of being alive. You jump on an ATV, race down a driveway, run up the back of a hill. Feel the, the torque of the wheels underneath you, the wind blowing in your face. Pick up a rifle, shoot a target, hear the steel clang, hear that smell that gunpowder hits your nose. Take a camera out, hunt a deer with a camera. Stalk the deer to get close-up photos. Whatever that is, deal with bees. Lift off the top of the beehive. Let the bees crawl in your arms and, and feel their buzz and their resonance. Pull out the frames and, be, and watch how they read you and feel your energy and your, your vibration. Why do we seek always the darkness because that darkness is what feeds the enemy that darkness is what this enemy gets its power from 
And with its power, we give it authority to do more of it. Why, in the sense of all of the emergency supplies and so forth going into Lahaina? I, and I'm just, this again is not a criticism, but it's a question of, we immediately, we do have to consider the emergency need for food and water and shelter. I saw one picture of someone doing healing and massage that was awesome, but where's the thousand people to hold hands around that land and just pray into it and, and be thankful for life and, and praise God? When we talk about mobilization of support, where has been that call for, I need a thousand warriors, prayer warriors to come together and to pray into Lahaina and heal it? Just saying. We get wrapped into the darkness. We get wrapped deep into the darkness. I don't know if what I'm going to say is true, but it sure seems like a difference. And when we see a fire, we assume everything is done and gone. We, we muddle through the, the wreckage with search and rescue crews and dogs to sniff out what's left, to find the pieces of flesh or bone that might remain, to send it into a DNA lab and hopefully give it identity. But what we don't see, we don't see people coming together and walking that land and praying for raising the dead. We don't see people praying on that land to see that land resurrected and returned to the glory of the kingdom. You can have the search and rescue, but it would seem logical if we're going to be walking within the power of God and the Holy Spirit, that we should also be having the glory of kingdom present and active to heal and to restore. I think that's the real challenge that this week has shown me is the question of truly what path are we walking? Are we going to walk as Peter did with eyes on Jesus and walk on water? Or are we going to keep looking at our feet and nearly drowning in the sea? The choice is ours. And it's not going to get any easier going forward. We have to choose. Let's pray. Father, we are very humbled to be here tonight. Just thank you for all the blessings that you give and just the continued reflection that we gain in each step and just how blessed we are for the wisdom. Father, we're working hard to keep our eyes on Jesus as we walk, as Peter did when he stepped on the water. And these challenges can be immense right now. The waves are getting high at times. The winds are picking up. They're knocking us around, and it's easy for us to look down and to question where our feet are, and in so doing, lose the lock that we have on Christ and find ourselves suddenly treading water or trying to survive. We take on our narratives, Father, whether it's a narrative of pain, of physical pain, or mental distress. We're inundated in a world of negativity, of the I can't versus the I can so, Father, tonight we're breaking chains. We're breaking big chains, casting off the demons that want to tell us we can't and replacing it with the power of the Holy Spirit that says, I, I can. Filling our lives with the optimism of the, and the joy 
that only the Holy Spirit can bring. And opening up the, the closet and sweeping out all that muck that says you can't. You're going to sink and you can't swim. We don't need to swim, Father. We're walking on top of the waves. Our eyes are on Jesus. And so we're just asking for this moment right now that everybody can feel that moment, just to join in that moment in time where Peter literally was looking at Jesus and putting his feet on the waves and walking on water. Let us remember to keep our eyes on him. And through him, all things are possible. Thank you, Father. Bless us, guide us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. There's, Lahaina is a real important moment in our time. It has awakened people, but we can't let that momentum die. Like I said, this town down south, Talent, Oregon, it's gone. What should have happened? The community should have come together across our entire state in Northern California. We should have rebuilt the homes. We should have volunteered to the pieces of putting that town back together. But instead, what did we do? We turned to FEMA. And what did, what did they bring? Trailers. And who, what are people still living in? FEMA formaldehyde trailers. We have to take this world back together. And if there's anything that we're learning or should be learning through this week, this past week, is that together we can accomplish anything. We don't need government. We just need each other, our loving and our neighbor, and the strength in God. We are people of a multifaceted, multicolored tapestry. And we are a beautiful and perfect representation of God. We are all made in one way or another in his image. Now, let us live into that and let us bring it alive. Let us bring the victory that Christ gave us on the cross into this world. And let's do it now. There's no reason to wait. All we have to do is unite. I'd put prayers there any day. Patriots, remember, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., we have our prayer Saturday. Until then or until the next time, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Bright and early. Coffee and Jesus. We're going to shake the world again with some great prayers. If you have prayers, get them over to Telegram Send them out. You can send them to me at Scott at Bards FM, whatever you need. We'll get them in. We still have time. Have a blessed night. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the Get back in